Let's read together Judges chapter 5. In this chapter, we have the song of Deborah and Barak celebrating the Lord's victory over the army of the Canaanites. Judges chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord. This Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire, and who walk along the road, far from the noise of the archers, among the watering places. There they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down, the people against the nobles. The Lord came down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim were those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples, from Machir, rulers came down, and from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter's staff. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As Issachar, so was Barak, sent into the valley under his command among the divisions of Reuben. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings for the flocks? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by his inlets. Zebulun is a people who jeopardize their lives to the point of death. Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. The kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan fought in Taanach by the waters of Megiddo. They took no spoils of silver. They fought from the heavens. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishon swept them away, that ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon. O oh, my soul, march on in strength. Then the horse's hooves pounded, the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. He asked for water. She gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. He lay still. At her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. The mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her. Yes, she answered herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? 
to every man a girl or two, for Sisera, plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments, embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love you be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. So the land had rest for 40 years. All right, let's begin with some background notes. In Judges chapter 4, we have the account of Israel's military victory over the Canaanites. The Canaanites under King Jabin of Hetzor had again risen to power after the conquest of Canaan by Joshua. For 20 years, the Canaanites harshly oppressed Israel until they cried out to the Lord. God raised up Deborah as both a prophetess and judge for Israel. Deborah predicted victory and motivated Barak to muster the troops together to fight the impressive army of the Canaanites under General Sisera. Although Israel was greatly outnumbered and underarmed, God fought for Israel and gave them the victory. Now here in Judges chapter 5, we have the song of Deborah and Barak celebrating this great victory. You will notice that the song is written in Hebrew poetry, and it's more than just a victory song. It's a song of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord for his victory over his enemy. In other words, it's not like a football team's victory chant after they've won the Super Bowl. No, this is a victory song celebrating the Lord's victory over the Lord's enemies. This point is important to keep in mind, especially when we read the slow-motion detailed account of how Jael killed Sisera, verses 26 and 27. You see, it's not the idea of gloating because of your personal victory over your personal enemy. No, that's unbiblical. This is the savoring of God's victory over his enemy. In this victory song of Judges 5, we also have further details of the account that we read in Judges 4. Notice in verses 6 and 7, the condition in Israel under the oppression of the Canaanites. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. In verse 21, we have the details of how the Lord fought for Israel. He sent a cloudburst and flash flood into the Jezreel Valley. As the Kishon River overflowed, Sisera and his army were swept away. Now, in verses 28 through 30 of the song, we have the event as it would have seemed to Sisera's mother. She wonders why Sisera hasn't returned. Sisera will never return because he fought against God's people and God fought for Israel. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points. Doctrinal point number one, God keeps records of the faithful. God keeps records of the faithful. In verses 13 through 15 and verse 18, we read of the faithful in Israel who fought for Israel with Deborah and Barak. The faithful from Ephraim, the faithful from Benjamin, the faithful from Machir, that would be the half-tribe of Manasseh on the west side of the Jordan River. The faithful from Zebulun, who jeopardized their lives to the point of death, verse 18. The faithful from Issachar, the faithful from Naphtali, who prevented the enemy from taking the high ground, verse 18. These all showed faith and courage and followed Barak down into the valley against overwhelming odds. Remember, Sisera and the Canaanites had 900 chariots of iron and weapons 
and many more troops than Israel had. What courage and faith the 10,000 troops under Barak showed. And God kept a record of this in his word, and his word endures forever. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16, we read, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. God keeps records of the faithful. You know, that's what the judgment seat of Christ is all about. God keeps records of the faithful, and the faithful will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm reading 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. You know, maybe you've been serving the Lord with faith and courage, and you received no recognition or reward here on earth. Listen, God has noticed, and you will be rewarded. God keeps records of the faithful. Doctrinal point number two, God keeps records of the unfaithful. God keeps records of the unfaithful. In verses 15 through 17, and also verse 23, we read of the unfaithful in Israel who would not fight for the Lord. Let's look at verse 23, first of all. Curse Miraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Miraz was a town in the area of the battle, and they didn't join in the fight. Notice that they were cursed by the Lord himself, because they did not come to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Verses 15 and 16. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings for the flocks? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. The Reubenites were concerned, but not committed. They deliberated about it, but there was no decision to go. They showed some interest, but they did not enlist. They were like many would-be soldiers of the cross today. They were unfaithful, and God keeps a record. Verse 17, Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. Gilead would be the tribes of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh that were on the east side of the Jordan River. They figured they were too far away to get involved in the battle. Have you ever heard that excuse before? They were unfaithful, and God keeps a record. Again, verse 17, and why did Dan remain on ships? Dan was too interested in business and commerce to get involved. It's the same excuse we hear in our Lord's parable in Luke 14. I've bought some ground. I've got to go see it. I can't come. I've bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to go prove them. I can't come. The same excuses are being made today. God keeps records of the unfaithful. At the end of verse 17, we read about Asher. Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by his inlets. Asher preferred the easy life. Don't disrupt my security and comfort. Sound familiar? Asher was unfaithful, and God keeps a record. What about us? Are we making excuses? Are we content with the status quo? Are we too involved in our secular careers? Are we like Reuben, a little concerned but no commitment? These are the things that keep a non-Christian from coming to Christ. 
but they're also the things that keep a Christian from being faithful. Where is our faith and courage? At the judgment seat of Christ, we will not be rewarded for unfaithfulness. Little faithfulness, little reward. God keeps records of the unfaithful. What about practical application? Don't forget to sing hymns. Don't forget to sing hymns. Now, most Christians don't need this application because they enjoy singing. But for some Christians, singing is lower on the priority list than it should be. And I guess I happen to be in that category. You know, I'd rather be studying scripture or talking about the faith than singing. I must not forget about singing hymns because it's really a command in the Bible. I'm reading Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Deborah and Barak are good models for us here. The priority of praise. In this song, they recount step by step in detail what God had done for Israel, and they thank him and they praise him. That's the great thing about hymns of praise. There are great truths in the hymns about the Lord and what he has done for us. Singing hymns forces us in a good way to praise the Lord and thank him for what he's done for us. So hear this practical application from Judges chapter 5. Don't forget to sing hymns.